In this episode, a fellow coach and colleague of mine, Amy K. Musson, and I are going to talk about what is it like to be a coach for those who are living with chronic illness on our side. I thought this is such a powerful conversation because I've had so many women that have talked on sales calls or group coaching calls or just women that I've talked to who live with chronic illness in the horror stories that I have heard about what they've been told without any compassion or understanding of what it's like to live with chronic illness and disability and deal with that along with deciding and choosing to grow a business is not like a one size fits all approach. It is not linear. It's like a roller coaster that's on and off of its rails and you don't know where it's going sometimes. And even when you do know where it's going, you want people in that passenger seat with you who understand and give you compassion and helps you to find and and nurture those resilient tools that you have already cultivated, but to use them to help you to grow. And so in this episode, Amy and I are talking about, from my point of view, living with chronic illness and also supporting women with chronic illness. And Amy, who has her own perspective on chronic issues and growth, how does that look like for her? How has she stepped out of her uncomfortableness to grow and be there for her clients, to grow with them, grow along with them. And why this is important for you, the listener who may be living with chronic illness, who's working with a coach or who is thinking about working with a coach. What are some things you want to pay attention to, to know whether or not you're really getting the support you need in order to grow? I have, I have loved chatting with Amy. I was on her podcast. You get to hear my growth moment as a woman living with chronic illness in a very personal, real raw way. It's probably one of my favorite episodes to date that I've recorded on someone else's um, podcast. It was just amazing. So I'll put the link of that in my show notes, but you're definitely going to want to tune in because Amy's personal and professional coaching practice is founded on over 15 years of building and running startup companies. She's had um, roles ranging from Air Force officer to vice president, general manager, and um, company founder. She has been doing and been in a part of this coaching industry since 2002 and has mentored hundreds of individuals here in the United States and Canada. Besides all that, Amy is just a beautiful person who's like so vulnerable and authentic. It's refreshing. <laughs> okay. So I can't wait for you to tune in. Definitely know that there are going to be some gems along the way. So stay tuned. You're listening to the She's Crafted to Thrive podcast, and this is your host, Nikita. On this show, we're talking about what it's like to start, grow, and scale a business while living with chronic illness. You will hear from other creatives and CEOs as they share their stories and the lessons that led them to learn to lean more into what worked for them you'll discover that success does not mean perfection and fear, negative thoughts, and challenges are all a part of the journey, but there's always an abundance of wins. So stay tuned and you'll find the inspiration and tools you need to craft a life and business that thrives. Alrighty. I am so excited to have Amy on the show. I was recently on her show and we had so much fun. So Amy, please tell us who you are, what you do, where you're from. And all of that beautiful jazz. Mm, I'm excited to be here because I'm I'm all about the Nikita energy. I got to tell you, when I I told you when I see a video of yours on Instagram or a post or get your newsletter, honestly, I just big smile, 
um, to match the smile that you bring to everybody. And so super joyful today. And I am Amy K. Musson. I am a growth and leadership coach. Been doing this for a while, about 20 years. And I always say I love all the growers and those ages and stages uh, across industry, genders, diversity. Um, I'm just fascinated with, you know, kind of like a growth junkie, I would say. <laughs> and so I, I do that. I've always done that with one-on-one coaching, but ever since COVID the last few years, there's a lot of pieces in my ecosystem that have kind of popped up. Um, so there's a podcast for the past year There is called The Growth Moment. And then there are coaching groups, which I've um, been doing for a year and a half, but still feel new and fresh and can't believe that I haven't been doing them all along. They're, they are a joy. And then just start a couple months ago, a monthly workshop so that, again, all the growers would have access. And so I really am pleased at this moment in time that there's kind of a place for everybody, different budgets, different growth needs, and that I can just freely give without worrying about, oh, does everybody have what they need? It's kind of like, oh, no, everyone's got the full table of food. Go (laughs) at it. I love that. I Love that. And I have to be completely honest with you. When you first when you when we first met, which was in the advance, which is a networking group, and we I shouldn't say networking group, they probably would be like so offended that I could just call it a networking group. But it basically is that okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you were like, I'm a growth like expert. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. But I was like, I have no idea. I mean, isn't everybody a growth like person Mm -hmm. like in my head and then we had our podcast interview where me and you talked and I was like after that conversation I was like you know what I am a grower like I do like I feel like I'm constantly wanting to learn something new pushing myself that's very much how I think and then I realized talking to someone later on that day that no not everybody is that way (laughs) and so I think growers uh, take it for granted that like, well, this is what everybody does. They're always looking for not just next level, but w- what did I get from that? How am I going to shift? And I think it's a, you know, I always go, oh, I got to be careful not to be biased against quote non-growers because sometimes my husband is always known for saying, good <laughs> Lord, Amy, do we have to grow today? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm sorry. You know, so be more cognizant of not pushing that growth mindset 24-7 on everybody around me. <laughs> I, I um, but yeah, not that. everybody, that's not a value of everyone's. Wow. Well, I I am excited to get into this conversation and kind of learn more about how did you end up in this mm. role and like this path in life. So I was originally 17 years in high-tech startups, computer science background, you know, a lot of business, and there's a lot of growth there. So you can see kind of the connection. And then 9-11 happened and the dot-com bubble burst. So kind of those two converging factors, I was still working in the, in the internet world but increasingly disenchanted by the smoke and mirrors of that time. Hey, let's just jazz up a bunch of stuff. So it looks like we're really fancy and then someone will buy us. And it was 
the underlying value set increasingly um, was not about the kind of growth I was interested in. And so I made a pivot and it was a calling and a gut instinctive feel. It wasn't logical. I just said, you know, I met a couple people who said they were coaches. That seems really interesting. <laughs> I didn't even really know what it was. And I said, okay, I'm going to start coach training. And my boyfriend at the time, now husband was like, oh, but then you'll get your real job. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I'm doing this. And so it was, I, I trained with Coaches Training Institute way back in um, 2002, did a master's in counseling psychology because I knew nothing about yeah. really, you know, human development theory and psychology coming from the, the tech world. And, and so it was, I started coaching right away with friends and family and acquaintances and network and and never looked back. So since 2002, I have been in this incredible field that I'm grateful for every day. Right. Cause I feel like as coaches, you, you like you, like speaking of growing, that's, that's what the coaching world is. It's like, right? <laughs> it's growth. Right. It and it is my, I think it is my spirit, the core of my spiritual practice, if you will. Mm. You know, people say, do you meditate? I'm like, no, I coach. Because <laughs> that is, it continually calls me to uh, be my best self, to step up, to be in, in integrity, to walk mm. my talk, mm. to go, wow, that piece a client was working on, boy, and you're a little shaky on that ground. You better go get your riches in order. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I continually, it's not about upping a game or, you know, again, of achievement so much as, as continually being called to be my true self. Mm, yeah. I love that. I love that. So with that, with all of that experience, and I think it's really cool that you have a tech background just because I'm married to a techie guy. Ah. And so I'm like, oh, that's cool. I didn't think I realized that from before. How has this path affected or been a part of your life dealing with any challenges, life hurdles, health challenges? Has that come up or have you ever had to support someone while you're growing your business and doing this beautiful. Oh God, big, thing. big both and there, Nikita, <laughs> because, um, you know, I would never claim that I've had the kind of chronic health challenges that you and your clients mm -hmm. um, grapple with and overcome and work with, um, you know, but I, I, I've had a, a handful of my own. You and I were talking about the, the recent vertigo attacks that mm -hmm. I'm having that are absolutely tied to the quote instability in the world. And, mm -hmm. and in some aspects of my life, um, in a different way than a chronic health challenge, um, I dealt with addiction a ways back. And so I've been 17 years plus, um, sober and again, so, but you know, that, that's a little different kind of a piece, but I would I, say, go I ahead. would almost say that I would almost say not really. I think mm. there's, there's a bit of it that. I think it's the same grappling of just like dealing with that, that well, mindset. Chronic. I mean, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> chronic. It's not like gone away. Like now that it's been 18 years. Oh, I'm good. Like it's a constant. It's, it's a maintenance piece. It's a, it's a mindfulness piece yeah. for sure. Um, and I think what also comes up is 
it's not my coaching niche, but I mean, as I'm thinking past the last 20 years, so many clients who mm. have chronic health challenges. Yeah. And, and so it's interesting looking at that from the lens of what kind of support and growth is similar to other clients, but actually very different. Yeah. So for yeah. sure, a, a real chunk of clients. Yeah. And I, w- I've, I, I find like for myself and my clients, like who live with chronic pain and chronic, whether that's mentally or emotionally or physically or all of them, right. That there is a different type of growth you have to step yeah. into when you are dealing with a chronic limitation or a chronic challenge with your health than someone who's like, oh, I had a random life event that just happened today that might affect me for like, you know, two or right. three months. And now months, we've right? overcome it and now we're moving past. It's right. the it's the not that you can't necessarily break free from that gravity. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest, because honestly, those clients can sometimes be my biggest challenge and my biggest growth Mm. because I'm such a upward trajectory kind of person. (laughs) Like, okay, let's make it better. I have been accused once in a while of some toxic positivity. Yeah. Really hard to work (laughs) on. And, and so I think I avoided for sure. One of the reasons I didn't become a therapist and didn't continue um, after I did that master's into the therapy track. So I'm like, I want to work with people who are going, you know, up, 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 right, in a way. And, mm-hmm. and so all that pain, mm-hmm. and sadness, and holding of that space. It's not a challenge for me in the short term, it's what you're talking about, it is the ongoing nature of pain and yeah. suffering. I mean, even all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> like Amy's phys- her body physically. Right? Oh, okay. You, we're going to like, go oh. there. Yeah. But, but at the same time, it's, it's where I need to grow mm. is in learning the techniques and holding that space for, it's not about fixing it. It's not about, it's the, the being with mm-hmm. the holding space, the, um, letting go of the judgment of the pace of growth, as, as you started to point to, mm-hmm. you know, those are a few things that really stand out to me and witnessing and honoring. Mm. Yeah. That part, <laughs> like that part, I, I find, you know, I, not trying to cover it up, right? Right. Or over it of like, oh, you'll be fine. Well, let's go to the next doctor or let, but the, the sitting in the, the, (laughs) my Nikita profanity sitting in the mud with someone. Yeah. And it's hard. I find like, and I, and I think it's, I think it is harder for, for people in general to understand what that actually means. Like, like sit I technically yes let's go sit in the mud with each other great but you might be sitting in the mud with her or him and thinking when are we getting out of the mud and she doesn't have that choice right right, right? there it is right right there that's my growth point yeah. my um of and i had um 
how to friendship end, mm. not acrimoniously, but where that person with chronic issues of various kinds um, was finding that I couldn't find my way to be there in the right way mm. as a friend and learned so much from that because I think in many ways it was of a lack of, of um, God, I want to say, gosh, uh, depth in some ways mm. or, and awareness yeah. of what it's like to not have that choice. Mm. I think there's also some vulnerability too. I feel like to let yourself feel what that could be like is almost like, <laughs> like it's almost like unbearable to think what your life would be like if that was your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I find that looking into my client's eyes, we we have a we have a language. Like we have a language without even saying mm. it that we understand, but at the same time you know, having other people in your corner who don't understand that, but aren't really ready in a place for themselves to go to the thought of that being that it could be their reality, could not there, sit with you very long. God, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So for your clients who you've been working with in their growth, which is so interesting because I find that as challenging as that is, you still take them, well, you still taking them on and, and continue think, to grow with them. I think each of them and maybe varying levels would say that our work was profound yeah. and that, you know, I didn't just happy talk them mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> into some kind of next steps. Mm-hmm. And that I think, you know, on the flip side, my fervent, fierce belief in possibility for people. Yes. Even if it's small, even if it's um, that I'll I'll sit in the dark with them, but never give up on finding the light. Yeah. So the light might not be um, full function or Mm -hmm. healing or I'm better, I'm done. Yeah. I think that's where my learning has come, Nikita, is that changing my view of what the light is, that it's Mm -hmm. not about leaving behind all this pain and suffering. It is, it is finding the new way to be with it. It's finding, you know, the meaning of being in the concentration camp Mm -hmm. Uh, or, you know, the way to, I, I often think of, of people who've inspired me who have been in horrible circumstances Mm -hmm. and somehow find their way forward, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Um, My beautiful cousin died of ALS Mm. and, you know, such a um, horribly unfair Mm -hmm. disease, you know, robbing you of so much. Mm -hmm. And every moment that weren't all moments, but every moment that I saw her live, in yeah. the midst of that, you know, again, was an inspiration of even if it was the smallest piece, but also now I think after her death, I have more, I don't know, grace or respect for all the moments where she didn't move forward, where yeah. she was devastated. Yeah. 
by her illness. Yeah. Yeah. It does put it in a different perspective when you, when it's someone you, when you love someone's really close to you, you can see it differently, Mm. but not, not as differently as like living it, but you can feel it. And so when you can see what happens or how it affected someone's life in such a huge way as a coach. And I, I know for myself, even though I live with chronic illness, I have clients that have things that I'm like, I don't even, I'm like, okay, uh, right. Let's be in this with you. And it does take, um, it does take uh, I don't even know what the word is. It, it just takes space, right? It just mm-hmm. takes space. And I think that any coach, and I feel like this message or this this conversation we're having, because I've had clients who've come to me who are, who've been burned, unfortunately, by coaches or other people who are like, just push through it or the positive, you know, all of those things. And they are feeling like they're not enough or they haven't done. Oh like, God, so when you so, say that, I know. Heart, yeah, Will. and it's like it's like that's that's not true. You, <laughs> you are more than enough. That's also a thing that I've talked about in the past. This idea about paying dues. A lot of the things that women in general, right, just in general, women in general, are constantly called to do more than, yeah. Right. And the growth I feel, and I don't know if you feel the same way, especially for my ladies who are living with chronic illness, is finding that growth can happen in the stillness. Right. It can happen in the quiet. It can happen in the bed underneath the pillows. It can Mm -hmm. happen Mm -hmm. in those moments because of what's going on in your mind. Well, and then you're pointing to the, you know, the being aspect of growth versus Mm. the doing, accomplishing, achieving part of growth. And I I think that's some of, of my unfolding over these, my whole life, but the 20 years in the industry is um, having more space and respect and honoring of the being growth. Mm -hmm. And that so often I always say, Hey, being first, doing second, Love that. And so exactly what you say there, Nikita, that can happen under the covers. Mm-hmm. And for me, oh my goodness. And that's why so many of your episodes, I'm like, oh yes, I needed that. I don't have a chronic illness, but everybody listen, needs to listen to Nikita. <laughs> and, and you're just your recent newsletter, same thing of it's when I get still, when I stop, when I stop pushing, when I say, Amy, you've done enough. I, I um drop the self-judgment, the self-criticism, the the inner critic's never-ending expectations. Mm. And I can let go and sleep in the middle of the day because I'm really <laughs> tired. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, get up and go, oh, duh, I have a new perspective. Yeah. <laughs> I have a different take. I'm able to see something that I wasn't able to see. And I think the more that I develop internally and and walk my talk and do my own work, the more grace I have for my clients and space for them to grow in just the right way instead of me. Am I delivering value? You know, are my clients (laughs) getting enough? 
Yeah. So I'm curious about something you said earlier about these clients that live with chronic illness and they're coming to you for growth. What are they, what are they coming to you for growth for? Like, what is it? What is the thing that says Amy is the one that is going to help me get to wherever that is? I'm, I'm, I am assuming, and I could be wrong, that these are very high achieving people who are already doing great things, but they're also dealing with want to do great things, Ah, you know, and not great things. It's the want to become more of themselves, Mm. want to live that purpose that they feel Mm. they have. So they're definitely not coming to me to quote, get better, you know, or to it's, there's impact I want to have. There's things I want to fulfill in my potential and I don't want to be stopped. And so I think, I think that's, you know, they come in the end to go, can we together within my constraints, within my paradigm, you know, them being the client, can we find a way? Yeah. I'm really good at never giving up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you fit right in with this chronic crew, (laughs) you know, a fierce, um, you know, passion and desire to, you know, to keep walking Mm -hmm. with them and to not go, well, you're not walking very fast. So I guess I'm going to run ahead. See ya. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay. I got to slow myself. Not, I don't mean that literally, but you know, I got to go match pace. Yes. Yeah. Say it. And, but I don't care how long it takes and take the rest of your life. And we might not ever get there, but I'll. I'll journey with you. Yeah, I love that. I'll journey with you. That needs to be on a shirt. Um, for all coaches, I'll journey with you. I love that. That's what we're all doing. Yeah, it really is. Um, what are some of the personal challenges you've had to overcome mm. in this journey? Um, one big one that comes to mind is, and I'm this is such a work in progress, is mm. dealing with failure. Mm. dealing with my judgment about failure inside myself. Um, The times in my life where I've held back because I don't want to fail. I don't want to look bad. I don't want to be vulnerable at that level. Mm. And this, you know, this goes in my marriage. This goes in my, my day-to-day life. And, and certainly in my professional career and, and, and the re, you know, constantly working on reframing failure, of course, for my clients as, Hey, babe, this is just a, this is just a growth moment. This is yeah. just a, a, an opportunity to learn. You can't grow without failure. Mm-hmm. Can't learn without failure. That is probably the hardest thing for me to live up to, mm. uh, you know, that, that approach. Um, my, my old tendencies had been to kind of shut down or shut off a part. If I failed in an area, mm. well, let's just close that door and never open it again. And we won't go back. That's why I never did sports. <laughs> could not handle. <laughs> it's not losing from a competitive sense. It, it, not being good enough mm. is a really tough one for me. You know, so that mm. that's an ongoing challenge that I would like to think is almost 57 that I've gotten better. Yeah. I was going to ask you how, what have you been doing to reframe that for yourself? 
so much of it is the self permission mm. is you, you know literally permission slip to fail mm. encouragement to myself yeah. to um use all my coaching tools of hey this is just an experiment we'll see what it goes and then we'll try something else as opposed to that binary um one or zero it's i it's either you succeeded or you failed finding the gray finding all those shades in between is is very helpful to me mm. and the idea that it building blocks yeah oh i tried that and it didn't work cool but that's a little block that i can stand on cuz i know i'm always you know what do you know now what did you learn what yeah. would you do differently How, what else does that make you want to try it, kind of the present forward yeah um you know i always say with my clients you know i'm not a therapist so we're not going to go heavy delving into your past but we'll go we'll go grab stuff from your past to inform present forward and so learning to do that for myself as opposed to kind of sitting in past years failures and and not moving past them you know getting stuck there getting stymied there yeah i think that's a good one i love the gray illustration seeing all the different colors of the gray right mm-hmm. cuz or not even gray but like all the color i like all that the color better. right like rainbow yeah. of colors in between yeah um yeah I don't know why when you said gray, though, I was thinking Mm. there are if we think about just going to the paint store and looking at the different shades of gray, they're literally, literally different. At least hundreds. Yeah, (laughs) hundreds, like so many. And some of them will make you feel like, oh, that's actually not so gray. I like that. That looks pretty. Or I like Mm. the way that softness. And I find your refrain. A softness. Yeah. Softness. It's not this harsh dichotomy. Yeah. So I love that you shared that because I do think a lot of us deal with that thought of failure of like, oh goodness. I know I, for myself, I know, especially as a coach, (laughs) you're, you're looking, you're like, I could tell this to my clients all day long, but Lord have mercy. Why can't I get this together? (laughs) Right. Right. And that's, that's why I'm only as a good a coach as I am working on myself. Yes. That's why I have a coach. It's Mm -hmm. why I do all kinds of self-growth. It's why I am constantly, hopefully lovingly pushing myself to to keep going, Mm -hmm. to keep trying. um, Because how could I possibly bring anything to my clients if it's all talk? Yeah. So... You run a business full of lots of things, lots of people. Mm. And, you know, one of the things I've come to love about Amy is that she like works with people in different industries and everything. It's not really niche. I'm the (laughs) (laughs) anti-niche. Like she's not niche down. Her only, I guess if you were to say quote unquote niche is she wants to work with people who are ready to do the work to grow. Right. And I Mm -hmm. feel like... Mm -hmm. How do you find harmony in your life and business running those, you know, running those different facets of that and you growing as a person? And I think, I mean, that's what's been the incredible challenge since COVID is because I dialed up my business. I had this crazy, comfortable halftime practice the whole time I was a coach. Mm. I was raising my son, you know, finishing the master's, you know, doing different things. 
And so I always felt like, ah, I worked about 15 to 20 hours a week. It was a sweet setup. Mm. And for a variety of reasons, it was right for me after COVID hit to go full time. Mm. And, and so it, uh, one of the challenges that I've had is that it was kind of old corporate Amy or startup Amy mm. showed up to that full-time <laughs> challenge instead of coach Amy. Mm-hmm. And so where, you know, slip back into some very old patterns and almost limiting beliefs about mm-hmm. well, you got to work really hard and you got to work all night and you got to bust your butt and, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things. And so honestly, balance has been a big problem mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm okay. actively working on with my coach and and I would say I have made some drastic improvement, but I have quite a ways to go this year to balance um, effort, to balance money, to balance why am I doing this anyway? Mm. <laughs> you know, don't don't lose the passion and the beauty because you're doing it too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I would say my balance is, and hence why I'm saying the vertigo is, should not have been a shocker. (laughs) Um, I'm sure there's other physical aspects to it and, you know, different things, but the the emotional one I'm clear on is I literally am out of balance. I'm working too hard, working too much and, and, you know, trying to bring that into line, but here's the rub. Someone will ask me, well, what do you love to do? What are your hobbies? You know, what are you really passionate about? I'm like coaching. <laughs> and well, what would you do if you weren't working? Coach. And it's not quote coach, it's have deep, meaningful conversations, you know, mm. be down in there. And so it makes me ill-suited to parties or and because I don't drink, combine that with I don't like shallow. <laughs> I don't yeah. like that. Um it has been a challenge for me to find things in quote real life that are as rich as mm-hmm. meaningful, um, soul stirring in some ways, you know, as coaching or, you know, that kind of interaction with someone. I think this is a really important thing. And I know we don't have much time, but I think what you just said there is I feel that as coaches, it is such a deep work that we're doing. I mean, it's, it, it lights up all of the parts I mean, it's of our humbling. brain. Like, I mean, it's like, exactly. It it's feels like, so important. Yes. And I think, and what I have found for myself is that I lose my kind of like gum, like my go or my gr- with it when I haven't taken the time to find my inner I think we've talked about this in the, in the episode, like my inner thing that fills my cup, that's not me. Fill that's not the work. That's yeah. not the work. Right. And so it, for me, that's, that's crucial for me. And that's something I work with my clients too, because like, like you as a coach is like, yes, that's what I do for women who live with chronic pain. That's all we think about. Like, that's the thing that's mm-hmm. constantly in our mind. So it's like a very interesting parallel of, you know, most coaches I talk to, they're like, I just coach. That's what I love to do. That's the thing I do. I'm really good at it. I enjoy it. I learn about it. I take all the courses. I'm reading right, books right. about it's it. Like circling everything. around. <laughs> it's uh. all around that. And it's like, 
What I have found for myself and for my clients is that to find some inspiration and that passion spark again is that we have to find we have to find something outside of that that sparks a different shift, right? And I think that is it's a some, different aspect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think it's really that's why people joke with me all the time because they're like, "What hobby are you trying now?" I'm like, "Uh, because well, you well, have all of these cool." you know, kind of potpourri of cool hobbies that you you play with and are incredibly creative. And I, I actually, as I've learned that about you, I've been thinking, I don't know, I don't even have answers yet or ideas, but like it would be cool to find some stuff to yeah. try. Yeah, I think so. You I know, think that are very me. out of my comfort zone or just very different for me to light up a different part of my my heart and my brain. Um, would be really good medicine. Yes, I love that. I love that. So we already kind of, I think if you already know the answer to this question, like what mm. inspires you? <laughs> what inspires me? I, I mean, yes, at, at the heart of humans, <laughs> inspire me. Um, and and that's why my anti-stubborn anti-nicheness <laughs> um, is so true because I, I really do have this deep love of all the humans. Mm-hmm. I think they're miraculous and yeah. fascinating. And you could give me anyone. I always say, give me anyone to stick them in front of me. And I'd coach with them because start with, tell me more about you. And what about this? And what about that? And so it's like this never ending opening of a soul that I could never get tired of. So that just the, the reality of humanness yeah, with all the foibles and weaknesses and vulnerabilities and strengths absolutely inspires me and nothing inspires me more than sometimes I was doing a workshop uh, this week with a, one of my corporate clients and had this team of engineers and they're from all over the world and, you know, super smarty pants, um, people, you know, PhDs and all these different <laughs> things, but there were just all these faces in my zoom. And I just had this giddy moment of at the beginning of like, Oh my God, I love all these people. I don't <laughs> even know them, but look at them. How awesome are these humans? That's, that's my, is just being in front of the people. I have this huge smile just thinking about it of, and dogs, dogs inspire me. <laughs> hey, dogs I, inspire me because of the unconditional joy and love. And, you know, if I could be more like a dog, um, I think I'd be a better human <laughs> um, instead of the other way around. So, so that, that inspires me as, as well. And and more, you know, moral courage, um, emotional courage, not so much physical, but it, it's that that courage to go into areas that we don't feel comfortable because mm-hmm. we want to experience and be more. Anybody who's doing something like that, you know, blows me away. I love that. Well, this has been so amazing. I would love if you were to share one practice of growth like one tool, one shift, someone might be, you know, they're listening to this and you know, my crowd of people, what yeah. would be one thing you would share with them that could, I mean, I'm tempted to say it's the self-love thing. Mm. Um, 
but I think it's the both and thing would be the one tool is anyone who coaches with me, you know, maybe get sick of me saying, well, what's the both end there? So whenever (laughs) we're in that either or place of, well, I can take care of myself and my illness, or I can, you know, how can you have both and Mm. not because it's a magic solution, but literally it lights up a different part of your brain. The either or is one part. The both and is the union, the combo. And it sets your brain to going, oh, hmm, well, what would that look like? That is probably my all-time favorite tool that has never failed me. Yeah, I love that. That's something I talk with my clients with too. I don't, it's, 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 it's satisfying, right? Like when you realize, oh, it's, I could, oh, like, it's almost like, wait, I could have both. No one told me (laughs) I can, you know, be creative and make money. I didn't know those two could go together. Yeah, I can have peanut butter and chocolate. Awesome. (laughs) I love it. Well, how can we find you and support you? Um, So thegrowthmoment.com is where I house my podcasts and monthly workshops. amykcoaching.com is kind of where everything else is. And those two might merge at some point, but, you know, type in either one and and you're going to find me. And of course, the podcast is on all the usual places, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and um, and if any of the listeners are interested, Nikita, in in a, um, you know, like a discount on one of the workshops, just email me and I'll send you a code and would love to see you there. And, you know, so always happy to to welcome people in to just, you know, have a growth moment. I love it. Thank you so much, Amy. We'll have all of the information on the show notes, but thank you so much for being here with me. Nikita, you are a gift. There's no doubt about that. You are um, such a bright light. And I know your listeners and your clients are, are just so grateful to be journeying with you. So thank you for sharing yourself. All right, y'all, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. And I hope this conversation inspired you. Be sure to visit craftedtothrive.com to check out our show notes, connect with our guests and grab some of those goodies. Join us for the next episode. And in the meantime, remember, yes, yes, yes. You are crafted to thrive with me today. You're awesome. Thank you.